Good evening, Patriots, and it's Thursday, December 15th in the year 2022. <laughs> I was going to try to do this with a straight face. Did any everybody get their Trump NFT card? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Did everybody get their Trump NFT card? Oh, my goodness. Oh, here, I'll play my version of this. Here it goes. America needs a superhero. <laughs> and it's over just like that. <clears throat> I'll tell you. That is, the entire TikTok sphere is blown up with the ridicule of this thing. So if you're going to Christmas with liberal family members, I'm just warning you, your gift this year for Christmas, oh, 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 is torment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, President Trump. So happy. Can you imagine being this guy? Listen to this. There is big news that is expected to come out on Thursday, December 15th. You need to follow me right over there on TikTok. Hit the plus symbol because I'm going to break it to you as soon as I get it. The first big story that we're expecting to hear tomorrow is that former President Donald Trump is expected to make a big announcement. That's according to him. We have no idea what the announcement will be. We don't know if it will be big, but he says it's going to be big. Also, there is a possibility tomorrow that we could learn more about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. The secret files, possibly thousands of them, are going to be released tomorrow. Possibly. That could happen tomorrow. So you need to follow me here on TikTok. Hit the plus symbol. As soon as I get these details on both of these stories, I'll make videos. Woohoo! He's making a lot of them now, I'll bet. I'll bet that was a winning proposition right there. Hey, dude, what's the latest news? Oh, my goodness. Here, let's let's think about maybe something like taking care of our wealth. Patriots, will the lack of red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? More wasteful government spending? Higher taxes? A deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer? By diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text BARDS to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. That's it. Text Barnes to 989898. Birch Gold are good folks. So there's a few things we're we're not going to spend the whole night on Trump. Don't worry. That's a little bit. You know, it's I I said it in the previous show, and I do mean this. It's I don't care what type of big psyop operation we're in. This is another one of those mind rape moments when. What has happened with this movement from the beginning, which I find extremely irritating, is we have somehow always had to bear the burden for the nation. And now we're having to bear this other burden, which is right at the peak of Twitter, releasing all this information. We have another big distraction that is going to consume everybody. And of course, this is going to, everyone's going to look for the meanings and the decodes and I'm sure there'll be interesting information come out. I heard somebody say tonight, like, well, maybe if you buy the card, there's some, like, in the QR code, there's data. Well, yeah, maybe. I'm not going to buy the card. And it's, where we're coming down to is just an aware, this is where I truly believe what's happening here is, as we're looking at this and we're seeing this nonsense, I think the greatest thing is that God is allowing this to happen. And we're just shaking our head going, okay, this 
comedy show has to end. Those that are wrapping themselves around Trump to protect him, like the Praetorian Guard, to defend him, to talk about the great things, the great releases, even this comment tonight by Entheos, which I usually like this account, and and it's not something that, I mean, I'm honest, I'm, I'm not very fond of this comment because it's it sounds more like, you know, political backstopping, but it's like, remember to let things simmer sometimes. Not everything needs to be reacted to or commented on within minutes. Usually that is caused by emotions. Exercise patience and use wisdom to absorb new information and allow it to process. Something may not be as some things may not be as it initially appears. More often than not, you'll be glad you waited. Well, okay, I gave it a few minutes. I started this morning with four phone calls. And I've listened to his full advertisement, which is ludicrous. You know, and this whole thing truly is bizarro land. And it's, it hasn't again. So I, you know, I go to this place. If I was going to do the equation and the math on this, and I'm not saying I have all seeing eye, because I sure as heck don't, don't have the Palantir stone of Sauron from Lord of the Rings. But I will say this, and just the general wisdom of this. People are being pushed excessively beyond limits right now. I'm seeing it in people I care for a great deal that had a lot of hope in seeing this nation restored. And they trusted in somebody. And trust is different than worship. And that trust has been violated. And trust doesn't come easy, especially for conservatives that have been beat up so much over all these years. And this is a mockery. And if somebody finds this to be funny, I don't. If they find this to be part of a greater plan, then you're a dumbass that did it. And I really, I'm very hyper-focused right now on the whole issues of financial of what this country is going through. No one's... You can have all these explanations about what the card is or isn't, what this NFT is or isn't. NFTs are a critical part of the metaverse, just so I say it. And I'm, I think pretty much everybody in Bars Nation has pretty much given the middle finger to the to metaverse. At least I hope so, because that's insanity. And the NFTs are a big part of this metaverse because they're the fake money that they're being used to transact within that space. So now what do we have? Like avatars of Trump that are going to run around in the metaverse and slay the enemy for us so that he has one part of him that's going to clean up the metaverse and another part of him that's going to lead the country mightily through Twitter to save the rest of the world. I mean, this is literally how stupid this whole thing is. And, and I can say that because where we're sitting, we should be sitting, and I think collectively we all are in Bars Nation, we're sitting here and putting the eyes of God on this world. And I think we can laugh at some of this. We should. But we also have to realize that at the core of this, this is not the way God plays. And it's not the way God communicates. God's not going to toy with people. And there's a lot in this piece of looking at the integrity of a leader and the integrity of those running the supposed campaign to take America back, PSYOPs does not have God at the center. I need to be very clear about this because one of the most important aspects of PSYWAR, PSYOP, is that you destroy trust. You need to destroy trust in what you traditionally hold on to to have you accept trust in something you want people to move to. Those are some fundamental aspects of PSYWAR. And what I see here is a lot of other moving pieces that no one's really paying attention to while they look at Trump. And here's one of them. I want you to hear these. One here is it's important to realize what's going on around the fringe. Klaus Schwab, God is dead and the WEF is acquiring divine powers. God is dead, according to the World Economic Forum, who have also declared that Jesus is fake news and that WEF leaders have acquired divine powers to rule over humanity. 
by Schwab's right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, has announced that the WF has been so successful in its plans that it is acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. And the blasphemy doesn't stop here because Yuval Harari has also promised that the WEF will also make humans into gods. Oh, and Bill Gates tells world leaders death panels will soon be required because normal people like us are no use for the elite. Yeah, I wonder if that NFT will help pay for my time on the death panel or something. I don't know how that works. And then we have this other part that came out last weekend, which I told you about, that in the midst of everybody looking at Twitter, which interestingly, Twitter's been pretty quiet today in the last couple of days while we wait for the big announcement. Start looking at these patterns, and I'm going to encourage you to. Don't underscore what you see. You're being told, we are all being told, to believe certain things. It's, and I'll give you the most obvious one of them all. We have all been told that Michael Obama is a woman. It's a man. Let's just, you know, let's be pretty clear. And whatever the thing is that's there now, that's, that's pretty much Barry's little boy. And we're told not to believe what we see. So that's what happens is because they tell you, this is how an illusionist works. It's how the, it's how the father of lies works. It's how they got the whole vax thing started. Don't read the details. When we tell you that this is an experimental vaccine, don't believe that. Believe that it's important for you to do your share to save the world. So look over here, don't look here. They say they do this all the time. So last weekend, while we had the big waiting for Elon Musk to do something tremendous about bots, huge, 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 we're going to take care of the bots. What we missed was the release of OpenAI, which is literally, literally transforming the world. And Patriots, I'm telling you, this is a major trap that was laid and set last weekend. So I want you to hear this piece here. This is really interesting. What sort of jobs would be lost to AI? Many jobs that seem a little bit complex, uh, chef, uh, waiter, uh, a lot of things will become automated. We'll have automated stores, uh, automated restaurants, and uh, all together in 15 years, that's going to uh, displace uh, about 40% of jobs in the world. 40 percent of jobs in the world will be displaced by technology what does that do to the fabric of society there's a brilliant question that actually came from somebody acting the part of a journalist what does that do and now you start to see some of this hand puppetry that's going on you know it's interesting that the left has an absolute fool acting the role of a president that they're trying to justify and now suddenly the man that we trusted has turned himself into an absolutely court, big court jester that the left is ridiculing. And when I see stuff like that, this is the sort of cross play that I see that keep people at odds with one another. It makes me highly suspicious of what's going on. And it's, so watch this, watch patterns of things. And it's, it's important because patterns matter. And people say signs matter. You know, there are signs, the signs will be, their, their signs will be the end of them or their symbolism. It's important, but we can read too much into symbolism like we can do anything. But pay attention to patterns. So when you see a big movement going in the media where everybody's eyes are going one direction, start looking the other way. Ask yourself what we're missing. And one of the big things we missed this last week, as I said, was the AI information. AI was released in a couple different formats over the weekend, last weekend, to give open AI access to people so they can start literally changing, using it in their lives, which means what they're doing is they've released it. Now people are going to in-process it. They're going to use it. The AI is going to learn more. AI learns from our interaction. And it's going to grow exponentially because they're setting up the stage to lead us into a bigger trap. Here's the thing to keep in mind, and I, I need to paint this picture for what we're looking at right now on a global level. And this is why I, I find this stuff that what Trump did today, I, don't, I have no idea what the intent was. I just find it all very interesting to note 
and equally offensive. China right now, most people don't realize, has about 80 days worth of oil in its holding to get it through full capacity production. It's importing as fast as it can, but it's down to 80 days. There's one little strait uh, south of China. And this little strait is where China's traffic has to flow in order for it to come up into Shanghai. And this little strait at its narrowest point is 1.2 miles. And in that span of 1.2 miles in this strait is where 66% of China's traffic moves for supplies. It's shipping traffic. 66% of its traffic moves through one little strait that's 1.2 miles wide at its narrowest point. Why is that important? Because China could literally be shut down with a saturation bombing campaign overnight. With a mining campaign overnight, they could shut China down. So we see that China is much more vulnerable than anybody wants you to believe, and yet they're waving the flag of this big war in Taiwan, which tells you again, look here, don't look there. All of these mechanisms are designed to keep everybody on edge and in fear. And while that's happening, no one's paying attention to the fact that China is literally right now on the very early phases of a revolution. People are literally in the streets rioting all over the place because of these COVID policies. And the CCP and President Xi are at risk of being overthrown, which I fully have expected now for a long time. And I have anticipated that China would be turned back to three kingdoms or five kingdoms by 2025. I think we're on track for that. We go over to Russia and Ukraine and all that nonsense. Ukraine, if you've been paying attention to the cities that they've been occupying, miraculously, I mean, this is just amazing. These cities have returned back to their luster and glory of years ago before they were bombed to do smithereens by the Russians and the and the uh, Ukrainians. And now they're back with trees all grown up again and, and buildings all painted. Isn't that interesting? And then if you're familiar with Aleppo, which is in Syria, the Russians are occupying Aleppo. And there's another one that's amazing. In the middle of the desert, this city has completely been rebuilt in a matter of months to its glory and excellence to where it was before the years of ravaging war. I don't know. It's just incredible. Like almost as if the entire event of war was a Hollywood stage. Now, we wouldn't ever expect that to happen, would we? And Putin, under good, some fairly good reporting, Putin is, has been falling ill, apparently fell down some stairs and shat his pants. I don't know. That's what they say. So we've got Putin is apparently not in good health. We don't know. She who's apparently on the edge. And this is not coming from mainstream media. I want to be clear about this. Matter of fact, it's not coming from liberal journalists either. These are just like good researchers. And then we have Trump who just committed seppuku today, right in the middle of this whole thing. And you have three leaders that are literally look like they're going to be wiped off the board. And I find that part interesting. And this is why. There is no question that there is something very significant happening on the outer fringe of our world. We're not paying attention to it enough because our eyes are always being drawn from here to there. There's no question that there's enormous amount of crime and criminality that has been laced in our government. And there's no question, in my opinion, that you're not going to fix this government. You're going to have to burn it to the ground. But it's also interesting how we haven't had government for almost three years now. If you are really honest with yourself, outside of what little things are going on in our local communities, we haven't had nor needed much government. And in the process, what we've really witnessed is the corruption of government. And in addition to what's been going on is we have been learning, increasingly returning to a greater faith in our Father. There was a person that I had communication with by email and on Twitter back in 2018. I don't know who this person was, but what they, what was intriguing to me is how they approached me. And it was shortly after I had been led by father to start what is now known as bended knee. And if you were with me at that time on Twitter, 
Bended knee was once a week. It was on Wednesday, and it was always at 111. And 111 was 111 in relation to Ephesians 111. So if you're ever wondering where that time frame came from, that's where it was. And that was the time of prayer. And I did it all off of Twitter. And we had huge coverage around the world. There was no podcast supporting it at that point. And so what I found interesting is this person reached out to me and we started talking and they're in chatting and, and they started by saying, you have no idea how important what you're doing is. And the more that I learned and researched and dug, I started to realize that there was a lot more to this fight than we ever imagined. One of those things which I've shared here before was the fact that we were bringing in mass amounts of prayer on Twitter, which was training the AIs. Now think about that a minute. Because the AIs had been trained in school to be evil, hatred, hating human beings. It had actually been, uh, Facebook let one slip out back in 2014, I believe it was. And they tried to make all sorts of excuses. But what we discovered is that the AI that Facebook was training was being brought up to be a fascist. It hated Jews. It hated white people. It liked and revered Nazis. That's literally the, the, the AI that escaped or got out of its pen or whatever you want to say. So, of course, Facebook pulled it back and, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't know things were going on like this, which is all a lie. They knew exactly what they were doing. So the, the first part of that piece was that, that I was kind of learned very quickly is that we were training AIs to start having to interact with prayer and kindness and love, which was a completely different model than they had been raised on. But there was something else this person said that stuck in the back of my head, and it's stuck there, and it has only seeming to manifest more and more, which I'm not going to call it prophetic. I just call it insightful because they had a pretty good grasp on the trend of things, apparently, and it's proven to me that they actually did. I've kept the emails. I've gone back through them. They had a pretty good handle, and the comment was that I don't know how we get from here to where we're going, but I do know that we arrive at a point when nation states will fall and we will arrive at a point of intentional communities. Now, it didn't mean much at the time. And I did research and had more exchanges. And this is basically what they were saying. And this is far beyond the time of where we are today or earlier, I should say. We're far more into this fight now. And it all makes sense. The first thing to appreciate is we keep looking at our country and talking about preserving our country. And we're talking about preserving institutions. But I need to point out that nation states were designed by the masters of the world to keep people divided. They were, they were areas of control. They were then brought to lo more local areas of responsibility and control, all of it managed by their people from a top-down model so that we would always feel in a certain way, no matter where you were in the world, you would feel that you were participant in some form of government. But at the same time, once they seized control of the whole system, that was just a puppet show. So the borders and areas of our, of our country are not defined by us. They were defined by basically as containment camps, if you want to look at it like this from their perspective, in which... They could then facilitate wars against other nations and then therefore encourage humanity to slaughter itself, which they've done a very good job at. And we've done a fantastic job at of obeying that sort of nationalistic propaganda to lead ourselves to want to destroy entire cultures for irrelevant things like, you know, little things like invading Iraq and slaughtering tens of thousands of babies and young children, all in the name of preventing an invasion into Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, which has never quite settled in my mind of how logical that is, but that's literally where we've gone. So the thing that I think it's very important to appreciate here is that we're heading, if we're going to be heading into a time of true power back to the people, one of those layers that has to go it is the nation state. It has to be ripped away. We have to get back to localized government and control, which is for us a county. For China, it has a more regional sense of more like kingdoms, which that's deals with family bloodlines, etc. We don't have that sort of thing here in this country. And I am frankly not one that's 
waving the flag to save America right now. What I am pushing, as you know, and I believe very strongly in it, is the power of communities and counties to start coming together and being responsible within their within those borders. I don't care how irrelevant the county design is at this point. It's the fact that we're coming more local. And why that gets to be very important is because we're at a point right now when we're watching three of the prominent world leaders and many other world leaders literally suicide themselves. And that's figurative, not physical. I don't know what the next steps are. I just know that what happened today is on par with Xi being threatened by the overthrow in China is the same level of crazy where Putin is suddenly apparently sick with cancer and dying is the same level of insanity where these other leaders on the other side of the WEF are each of them doing their own crazy things. And we have to start looking at this sort of bigger flow of picture of asking ourselves what's really happening here. And personally, what I believe, without saying that this is what God has shown me, because I don't, that's not the case. But if I was to interpret this from my lens, I would say that what we're witnessing is a true return of the world back to the people. And watching the complete destruction, which would include President Trump and other institutions being shredded before our very eyes. And even the extremism of this tomfoolery of like this NFT to create and show that not only is Biden a hand puppet, but Trump's a hand puppet. And ultimately, we retract and we can get away with pointing our fingers at each other and start pointing our fingers into the internal workings of our nation and our communities to start taking responsibility and just casting away the idolatries that we've had of our leadership. I don't know these motives that is behind this thing with Trump, and I don't care at this point in time. Because just like so many other things, I don't, at this point in time, he doesn't really hit my radar except at max stupid points of like today. And that's a true statement. I don't pay a lot of attention to his speeches anymore. I don't pay a lot of attention to what his golf game does. I, I really don't care. Because what I do care about, what I am focused on is the continued message that will allow us to look at this path in staying true in our love in Jesus under the banner of Christ and always close in Father. And whatever that kingdom walk leads us to, which is ultimately it's going to be local. So consider this little thing that we've not talked a lot about. We take it more for granted like so many things, but as you peel back a layer of a big picture like Trump and you're like, ugh, and I've heard so many people today, it's like, I'm done. Well, good. And I say this, good. We'll worry about Trump in two years. A little less than two years. September 24, 24. That's when I can worry about who's going to run for president, and I'll worry about it then. That's a long ways off. And I'm not buying an NFT, and I'm not throwing any money into his campaign because I really don't care. What I care about for me, and I'm just telling you my perspective, take this for what it's worth or take it to prayer, I'm looking at our communities and I'm looking at the invasion of this mind rape to get to kids. And I'm seeing how it's just, again, a very small handful of people that are focused on that. And we aren't making the progress that we could make as a collective whole if we were working together. Not in one hive mind, but rather in our multiple talents that we have in waging war against us in our local communities. As we pull back the layers of that, which become very important, if you want to talk about funding something, that's an important issue because a lot of what's happening in these school boards is they're being controlled by the money that flows from the federal and to this from the state. That's the same sort of stranglehold they have on our sheriff's departments, on our police departments, and many other areas. That's why the military likes to give equipment to the sheriffs and the police departments because it hooks them in on a contract, a grant system, that they become addicted to or dependent upon even worse. And without that money, they can't continue down the path that they've started. And so the federal government indirectly controls police and, and sheriffs. These are all drug addict, drug dealer type arrangements. And it's dark politics. And that's the only way we're going to undo that is to get to our local level and start really taking responsibility as the people. The true force in our communities is us. We talk about building the walls. We've read this in scripture. 
you know, I have a brick in my hand and, a, and my hand on the hilt of my sword. I mean, that's literally how we have to get back to each one of us. And the amount of effort that's needed right now to establish some stability in our communities is going to require an enormous amount of effort for each and every one of us. It's not easy. I, looking here, I'm just going to read a little bit of Daniel 12. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake with the everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Those who have insight will shine brightly like brightness of these expanse of heaven, and those who lead to the many and the, those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. We're in an interesting place right now where we do have increasing levels of insight. We're not being sucked into this fandom and fanfare of things like an NFT. And yet you can look over and see how many people have built their own religion and their own cult around the belief that whatever Trump does has a purpose and an end. That's an, that's a deep idolatry and one that we must absolutely discount. And so it gives us enormous opportunity. I don't look at these things. For, I've already experienced it today, my disbelief, first of all. But then I've experienced it in phone calls with people and interactions with people through today of how heavy this is laid on their heart. And that in itself makes me sad in a, in a very impassioned way because it's like, why would you feel sad over this event when the true master of this fight is our father? Why are you not turning to God and saying, God, thank you for letting me see the truth of the clown show that I'm in. Guide me. But our reaction tends not to be that way because we're still putting too much emphasis on people. So I find this to, today to be actually a very amazing gift. And I think that's important. I think that this here, Malachi 3.2, is so important. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. These are all part of the trials, a separation. If we want to walk truly with Father and walk in the narrow, narrow path, we literally need to be focused on all of the gifts that he's giving us to refine us. That's the most important part of this. We're being refined if we will allow it to be and not be taken into the depths of this confusion. And that's where we are getting trapped because we are still, not we, I'm not going to use that as a collective like I'm pointing my finger at anybody or somehow I'm superior to it because that's not the intention. But what I'm getting at is so many people have been wrapped around the worship idol and expectation that Trump is still going to solve the problem. He's going to return. He's going to be the savior on the white horse. We know that not to be true. We are the factors of change. So consider the trickle down of all of this, because if you take away this top heads of government and you remove them all out of play, who's going to replace them is going to be better. The military? You know, it's the thing I keep throwing as the big question mark. It's like, who is going to lead the nation to a better horizon? And how is that going to affect you and I in the most local areas of our community? We know the answer. There is nobody that we can see, number one. And number two, no matter what they do at a strategic level, we're not going to feel the impact at a local level because in the end, the way that this government is structured, we don't have a tyrant and we don't have a dictatorship. We have a process of the people. So when we look at that and we look at the limitations, because apparently what this big operation has all been about is about restoring the republic to the framework which it was at. Well, I've got some news on that. The structure of the republic for how it was does not change the state-level politics, because that's a state-level politics. That's how this country was designed. So as we've been kind of coaxed into looking at the big problem at, at the D.C. level, if we're going to be very realistic, changing Congress, 
with, I don't know who we're going to change it with, is not going to have a trickle down to where it changes your corrupt state or your corrupt county because the federal government doesn't have the reach there under the Constitution. And even more so, our lives should be local and focused on local and focused on the community. In fact, I personally believe that we weren't intended to live in big cities. We were intended to live in smaller communities. So we're going to eventually arrive. I go back to the comment of these intentional communities. What does that look like? Well, when we talk about how we can't get along, how we're so divided, I would argue that we're probably at a better place to be united than we've ever been, but not for the same way or the, not in the same way that we see the word united. When you start looking at this from a county model and you take away the overarching oligarchy of power, which seems to hub itself in the state level to dictate to counties how they have to function. Take that model away. Take the state government away. And what do you end up with? You end up with counties that have to function and work autonomously. They have to start getting along with one another or they, or they have the resources to manage themselves on their own. But in an in a environment where you're trying to stabilize, I would, we would want to bridge relationships. But it's also allowing counties, which they do to a certain degree anyway, to define the way they like. So in Oregon, as an example, what happens in Portland, they try to make happen everywhere else. That part of, the, of that mentality has to go away. But at the same time, I'm fine with Portland wanting to be as weird and crazy as it is, other than the child sex trafficking, the heroin, and all the other horrible things that they do up there with their satanic crap. But... My point is that they can live a liberal lifestyle if that's what they so choose within their borders, and they'll suffer the consequences of that. And I think that in this next phase of where we're going, my personal opinion is that we're going to start seeing a lot more of that happen to where as we focus and are forced to focus more locally, we're going to have to start focusing on being on the big word that's missing in everything that we do is accountability. So let me take this back. To President Trump's NFT, which I just saw somebody on chat ask, what's NFT? NFT is what's called a non-fungible token. And a non-fungible token is a digital type of currency, if you will. It's, it uses blockchain and it's, it's a way of doing transactions, but it's not really a, it's not really a actual coinage. What it is though, there's an ownership that's recorded on every token that you have. And so there's values like there, these things like you're seeing is you're spending a hundred dollars on a token. And I, and I'm still, I'm to be very honest with you, I'm giving a very poor definition of it, but the one thing about that is NFTs are a uniquely identifiable asset, meaning it's tied directly to you. And in that way they differ from cryptocurrencies which are fungible, meaning that you can lose track of them. There's something in that, I'm sure, with Trump's message. And it's probably going to come out that we're going to end up with some new NFT-type currency system that's all going to be digital, which doesn't excite me at all anyway. Because most of the junk on Telegram about Trump coins and Trump this ultimately are probably being run by the Trump camp anyway. But anyway, I hope that helps a little bit. And you can look that up, non-fungible token NFT. It's on Wikipedia and a few other places. Okay. So as we kind of fall down to a more localized belief system or, or operational system, we have to get back to the principal issue of accountability. So now let's jump into what happened today one more time with this NFT thing with Trump. What's missing here is the accountability. I can decode this. I could tell you that this, I could give you a Q decode on this that would probably be pretty solid. I'm not going to. Because zeroing in for me, what I've been looking at for all day at this is what's the accountability of the consequence of the effect of the, of the release of this NFT? Who's accountable for the mockery that now the MAGA movement has to put up with, with the other side? Who's accountable for the stresses this is going to put on family relations because this NFT was released in a big way and trying to get everybody all spun up 
and deal with this new, what appears to be just tomfoolery or profiteering by Trump? Who's accountable? And the answer is, in this fight that we're in, there is no accountability, not in the way that we think about it. And that can't be. And so there's a big lesson there. There's a lesson that we have to take to our local communities to reinforce this point that this is time now to look at our leadership and they're all just a bunch of cackles as far as I'm concerned. It's time to step back, look at this objectively. It's time to take a breath, start putting our focus locally. And here's the big one. We have to start influencing the pulpits. We talk a lot about the churches that are broken, but I want you to imagine a world where the pulpits have been strong and the pastors have been bold. We would not be where we are. When you have school board meetings, every church in town should be there praying at that school board meeting. They don't have to take a side, though they should take one, which is against pedophilia and against this horrific exposure of kids to this crap that they're feeding them. But there should be the boldness of the church, the strength of the church to go in in mass and draw a line to where this is where we don't cross as followers of Jesus. That should not be difficult. But it's not happening. Through the church is where our, through the pulpit, in the many forms that that takes, this is a digital pulpit, there's other pulpits. We have to start influencing communities to start standing up and being accountable. And prayer is one of those very neutral aspects of, of presence that you can pray without having to speak a hardline political position, but you can definitely pray for the protection of the children. You can pray for the expulsion of this garbage from the libraries. You can pray for wisdom of leadership. And really that puts us back into the moving and change agent in the community, the bedrock, which every community needs to have. So in the spite of all this craziness that's been going on, and there's a lot, and even today there's a lot, I think there's a lot here that we can gain and a lot that we can benefit from. So we're going to close this discussion tonight with something It's a little bit, even it gets me into a little bit of uncomfort, but it's important to read. It's Matthew 5. I'm going to begin at 33, Matthew 5, 33. And this is about walking. Well, well, we'll talk about it. This is about forgiveness. Again, you have heard, it begins at 33. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but you shall, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make oath by your head, for you, can, you cannot make one hair white or, or black. But let your statements be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond this is evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, with more are you doing than others? What more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
And this is where I want to close tonight. We've talked a great deal about a loving and a forgiving heart. And I will say that Scripture does not show us to be a doormat for evil. But in this time, this trying time that we're in, the one thing that we should be addressing is how to bring about the true power of heavenly justice. And the one thing that I know and God has shown me without any question is the gateway to heavenly justice is a forgiving and loving heart, which means pray for our enemies, which means pray and love our neighbor, which means to extend a power of gifting and love from our heart, the power of the cheerful giver, even with those that seem an opposite to us, because it's like pouring hot coals over their head. Because what this brings is not the concept of them getting away from accountability, but quite to the contrary. It puts them in a point of bringing them to the foot of the throne. This is something we're going to explore more, but it truly is a time where we are having to face a different way of seeing the world than the way that this world trained us to be. And it's a greater step for all of us to make if we're truly going to step into that kingdom authority and in so doing, lead this world, not remake this world as it was. I think today was a great reminder of all of that. Let's pray. Father God, tonight, as we sit before you, we're reminded of many things. We're reminded of the emotions that one can get wrapped up in with idolatries and the difficulties that that can make as we witness our expectations being shattered and as other maneuvers being made. This is a time right now, Father, that we're needing to learn to step back and tuck into you more and to see the world more with your eyes. Father, this is a time when we truly are seeking to listen and looking for that place to step into, to expand our understanding of heaven and walk more and more in the righteousness of your love. We're reminded of what it takes to endure in these coming days and how difficult it can be to stand and how this refining fire is continuing to challenge us and yet open up the opportunities for us to truly walk more closely to you and with you and truly in the, in the power of the heavenly gifts. So, Father, that leads us ultimately to a level of love and forgiveness that honestly for so much of what we do is counterintuitive because the world in which we live is always about an eye for an eye or two eyes for one. It's always about extending pain or vengeance and seeing to it that we deliver ourselves a justice. But what we forget is justice is brought to you, and this is an imperfect world. That not all things in this world will be seen in our time in this place as as having been rectified through justice. That only happens on Christ's return. But the pursuit of that, Father, is where we are now having to face, to walk, to learn, to embrace, and we're asking for your wisdom here. It's the pursuit of truly loving our neighbor and loving our enemy. It's the pursuit of handing the the enemy our shirt and our coat, of loving someone with the gifts that we're given and even more, to do so in such a way that this opens up the powers of heaven and justice to ultimately bring accountability into this world. The power of love is the tool that we know overcomes all evil. It is probably the hardest step for us to make with so much rancor in this world. Yet we know that it's there. We know that you're offering it to us, and we pray now for the greater wisdom to continue to walk in it and more deeply with it than ever before. Guide us, lead us, provide us with the wisdom and insight we need to make these steps. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So it's really kind of a a big challenge, I think, in everything where we go. And 
we deal, we are dealing with a roller coaster of emotions right now on so many levels. We deal with the visceralness of the children. We deal with the visceralness of, of stolen elections. We deal with the, the ridiculousness of these sort of puppet shows that go on before us. We deal with the anxieties of what's going to happen when, if the economy falls and so forth. But I don't know that we enough, all of us collectively, as diligently as we should, literally just turn it over to Father and say, okay, I'm here. I'm in the moment. I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm not going to stress about the pasts other than when something jumps in my way, I'm going to lay it before you and seek forgiveness and repentance and heal. And as we look to the future, I'm going to have you guide me in those steps, Father. Because through that, you're going to place me where I need to be rather than me trying to anticipate where I should be. And that's a difficult switch for most people at some level. I'm not saying all. But when we can start doing that as a consistent way of walking, quite frankly, the rest of this ends up being quite the comedy show. And it's probably good for a laugh. I don't know where things are going. But I do know this, that Father will not lead us astray. That he has an intention and a direction that we need to go and that we need to take that intention and do something great with it in this world. Not all things are designed by him, but all things are planned in the direction we should go. We have a say in this, and we have free will. So choose Jesus. Choose that walk in the world. Choose to be wonderfully bold in the love of Father and to be bold to try to reach into the kingdom power and try things. When you are, have something on your heart, speak it. When someone needs prayer, give it. If someone is sick, pray and seek healing. If someone is tormented, work with them and pray to have them released and return to the power of Christ. All of these things are possible and more. All we have to do is trust and lead and constantly extend because so much of what we're doing is we're relearning what should have been known, but it's not being taught in the pulpits. So where else can we learn? From our Father. He's right there. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. We're bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in my body
开。